healthy lifestyle is brought to you by SeptaGuard. SeptaGuard, your family's all-natural defense against infections. Azania Musaka on 702. It's 26 minutes to three. Just the other day, in fact, on the show when we were talking about sorghum, we got a lovely call from Elaine. And uh, Elaine follows the Banting diet. And uh, she was asking pretty much about sorghum and uh, the fact that it's a grain and how it will affect her diet. Um, and I personally eat according to my blood type. You know, I went and got the prick in my finger. They, te- they checked what blood type I am. And then voila, there are certain foods to avoid, certain foods that are neutral and then certain foods that are recommended. So that's how I eat in general. I kind of follow that diet and stay away from things that are going to make me bloated or that are going to make me sick like chicken. I'm a B, uh, a B blood type. Uh, and chicken doesn't leave me feeling particularly well. But so I was quite intrigued then to see work that has been done, great research that is taking place in Israel at the moment. And it is all about looking at personalized nutrition, that that should be the approach, that the idea of um, just mass recommendation, dietary recommendations to groups of people is not necessarily advisable. So we invited Nikki Robertson, who's a clinical dietitian, to the studio to join us for today's health and wellness feature, which is brought to you by SeptoGuard. SeptoGuard, your family's all-natural defense against infections. So how do you eat? According to what? Do you follow a particular diet? How has it left you feeling? But also questions around personalized nutrition is what we'll be, we'll be talking about and taking your questions on. So it's 011-88702-31702 for your SMSs because maybe we need to do away with uh, the old conventions and <laughs> just following a fad because or following a diet that is working for somebody else uh, and taking it on because it might not be the best for us. Nikki, good afternoon. Hi, Zanya. Great Love to have to you in you. the studio. Yes. So you're a clinical dietitian um, and this is work that you're familiar with. Yes. You know, we've been saying for many years that there's no one size fits all. And I think anyone who's really been on a diet and has an emotional attachment to losing weight or excuse me, um, achieving some kind of physical objective knows that what works for their friend might not work for them. And the older we get, the more we realize that, well, my husband's losing weight doing the banting, but why isn't it working for me? And what was really exciting about this study was it's a group of scientists who did a really well-measured, well-thought-out project. Mm -hmm. Instead of just randomly, you know, hoping or looking for an objective, they took 800 people and they monitored everything that these people put in their mouths. They looked at their microbiome. Now the microbiome is on a surface level, it's the gut. So it's the microbes that exist from the mouth Mm -hmm. all the way through to the colon. Now the microbiome will determine how we absorb food, how we react to insulin, all those kinds of things. So what happened was they put glucose monitors on all of these people and they measured what happened when these people received certain foods. Yes. So everybody got the same food. Now, we all know that a tomato or an apple has um, a GI or glycemic index of X. Therefore, it must be good for you. Mm. But that's not what they found. They found that everyone responded differently. So even though there were there were people from the age of 17 to 70, it was a 
big number of people, they're all given the same foods. Everyone responded differently. Some people lost weight, some people didn't lose weight. It had nothing to do with the food. It had everything to do with what was going on with them individually. Yeah, so we might be hearing the rhetoric all the time that, say, tomatoes have antioxidants, they're great for you. But yeah. you have a tomato, I have a tomato. The reaction in our bodies is different. Precisely. Mm-hmm. And that's why something like a Banting protocol will work wonderfully well for us for somebody but work really badly for the next person mm-hmm. and it depends on what's going on in the micro in, in the gut what microbes exist how that person um produces insulin whether they are insulin sensitive not insulin sensitive they also measured these people's activity levels stress levels we know that stress will determine whether we crave foods or not uh, certain foods or not and funnily enough um, when we think of depression and emotional eating we think that all happens in the head mm-hmm. and it actually starts in the gut because we make <laughs> serotonin in the stomach wow. Oh. And it, yes, it is, a, it is a brain chemistry, but it starts in the microbiome. Mm-hmm. So if you've had a, a lifetime of antibiotics and lots of sugar, there's going to be a disruption in the microbiome. Now, also very interesting, there's something called, well, you've got the genome, which is your genetic expression. Yes. And we've always been taught that you inherit your genes and that's that. Mm. But it's not true. There's something that goes on between the microbiome and the gene that is almost a communication. So... Our food is information, and that information will tell our genes to switch on and switch off certain certain things. Mm. So you can have a family that is riddled with cancer, but you'll never get cancer because you're not giving the genome the tools to make cancer. For instance, that's a very sort of glossed over simple explanation. Mm -hmm. But that is the reality, and that's what we're seeing um, scientifically coming out in really, really well thought out research. Incredible. Uh, Yeah. So uh, we've got Harold who called straight out the bat when we started talking about this. And we're taking your calls on the matter, talking about personalized uh, uh, nutrition based on this research that has been done in Israel. We'll give you more insights as we carry on. But we're taking your calls on 011-883-0702. Hi, Harold. Harold. Hello. Yes, good afternoon. Welcome. Um, You know what? We... We won a lot of dives, my wife, myself, and our son. We won the TLC, Shurston, Atkins, from A to Z. Mm. And to make a long story short, um, we actually created our own diet. We, we took a little bit of each of the above diets, and we created our own one. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on a diet for four months and two weeks with no exercise, no supplements, no boosters, no vitamins. We were just eating the right things. And in four months, two weeks, I lost 82 Ks. Wow. Whoa. 82. Is my it? wife lost about 62. And my son lost about 54. But what, what does eating right mean, Harold? All right. People talk about you've got a big bone structure. That's why you're a big person. Yeah. I say that's nonsense. Uh, There's no bones in your mouth. <laughs> what you put in your mouth goes into your body. <laughs> All right, so big bone structure, no, guys, that doesn't work. That's yeah. excuse we don't go for. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you have to feed your body. In, in my opinion, keep in mind, this is only my opinion, we actually feed our bodies every five minutes, uh, every five hours. Mm-hmm. All right, so the body doesn't go into our hunger mode. Mm. We start keeping the fat behind. All right, we actually boost our metabolism as well by having cinnamon and paprika and, and, and stuff like that, caffeine, we consumed a lot of that. And mm-hmm. that boosts our metabolism. Okay. 
All right. And I just want to get uh, 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 Nikki's perspective on that, Harold, because that's quite uh, an yeah, interesting probably. exercise that you embarked on. Um, mm. What do you think of that, Nikki? Look, it sounds like what they did was eating healthy, natural food as nature intended, and that is going to do the trick. And, you know, as you said, you've tried everything, and then you came up with what worked for you, not maybe the next person, and that's probably why you had such extreme results. And we've seen it often where people lose a hell of a lot of body fat very quickly by just figuring out exactly what they're needing. Mm -hmm. And then somebody says, well, tell me what you did. But it won't work for them because you've got to you've got to almost tune in, and we've been taught to tune out and hand over hand over our our health and our wisdom to our doctor or somebody else or the next diet fad. Where what Harold says makes perfect sense. They figured out what they needed. Yes. Well, the researchers, I guess, will find a tool eventually to to come up with where we can all get a sense of what to eat or, or what is good for our, our, our blood glucose levels. Yeah. Uh, but at this point, it's like, how would you know? Because we take all of this advice. There's different stuff that comes out all the time. I saw research the other day that said that roast potatoes could cause cancer. And I thought, nonsense. What do, is there no. anything safe that we can you know, still and eat? There's a lot of sensationalism. Mm-hmm. So you'll see something like that and we'll take 10% out of a lengthy study and create nonsense. Yeah. And you, you've also got to take most things with a pinch of salt and apply logic. And when it comes to diet and looking good, there's a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, the way to figure out what you need is through, there's a, there's a, a scientific approach to, to figuring that out. And it's extensive. It's not simply okay. figuring out what your blood is. That's one part of the picture. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's a lot of tools that we use in our practice, for instance, Oh, to figure out exactly what's going on with a person before you give them a, a, an eating plan. You can't mm-hmm. give everybody the same, the same. structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's hear from Jennifer and Robert Sam. Good afternoon, Jennifer. Hello, how are you, Ivanya? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. I just have a question. Uh, my sister-in-law has been diagnosed with brain cancer, which stemmed from a breast cancer that she had. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, is there anything in the foods or the supplements that we take that can possibly irritate it? Um, you know, uh, we, uh, you have a blood test where you can test what is good for your blood group to eat and that. So I'm just wondering in terms of that, is there any specific eating plan or foods that we need to cut out from, from her diet for future? Okay. Yeah, the research has shown quite extensively lately that cancer thrives on sugar. So for cancer to grow, you need sugar. And um, one of the most important things for her to cut out is all sugars, all refined sugars. And I'm not just talking about table sugar, but that is also your high fructose fruits, your breads, your grains, and those kind of things. Once you've chewed them up, they make sugar. They are glucose. And that is what cancer cells thrive on. So the best way to extend a quality, quality life for someone who is suffering with something like cancer is to go more ketogenic. It might not work for everybody, but in her case, it has been proven that your quality of life certainly, you know, is markedly improved when you are very strict about cutting out those, those sugars. Mm-hmm. So let's look at these uh, glucose levels because that was a key indicator for what was healthy and unhealthy for the various individuals in this research. How does that work? Okay, so they put a little needle under the skin of all these people, and these people wore this glucometer for a week. Mm-hmm. And every time they ate something, whether it was bread, whether it was fruit, veg, meat, doesn't matter, they had to note it down in a journal, 
and the glucometer measured how their blood sugar responded to the food. And what it showed was that regardless of what we assume is hygiology, etc., um, the blood responded differently for each individual. Mm-hmm. Now, when you take that back to the microbiota, the gut, the bacteria in the gut, some the healthy bacteria, there's unhealthy bacteria, and your unhealthy bacteria will influence how the pancreas ex, um, ex, sort of excretes insulin. Now, insulin, if there's too much insulin, you're going to store fat. Mm-hmm. And so what we're looking at doing with a low glycemic diet is bringing those insulin levels down so that your body is more efficient at using fat for energy, mm-hmm. but it doesn't apply to everybody. So it's kind of thrown out all those theories all over again and gone back to what works for the individual. Well, Nikki, listen to what Hank had to say. He says, how can personalized diet not be the way to go? Did it take us until 2015 to realize each person deals with food uniquely? Astonishing. Uh, So almost saying this is a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer, but I think on a logical level, we all know this. But it's an emotive subject because mm-hmm. we all want to look good in a bikini. Um, we all want a quick fix a magic bullet, swallow this, you'll be 10 kilos. Light. And we know logically it's not going to work. We know that if you lose it fast, you'll put it back tenfold. But we all sort of, it's a, it's a, I think it's a society we brought up. We're looking for instant gratification. Mm-hmm. We're not looking to explore and go the hard way. But the hard way is actually not the hard way. It's the easy way. Mm-hmm. Um, it just takes a little bit of looking and just a little bit further than the surface. Yes, because we tend to accept how we've been eating to be the way we should eat. Sure, sure. And we've sort of conditioned ourselves into fast food, convenience food, not having to bother cooking, going into the kitchen and making something from scratch because we're busy. Um, So it's almost an effort for a lot of people, not everybody, but for a lot of people, it's too much effort Mm -hmm. to go and eat whole food. Um, there's children who just don't know that chicken comes from a chicken, you know, and that carrots come out of the ground because they're not exposed to that. They come in a packet. Yeah. Uh, so it's a case of if it's important enough for you is to just go back to grassroots, grow your food, prepare your food, and you'll find what works for you and you won't have a weight problem or an illness. These things that come along with the society and the times we live in, really. Yes. Mm. Um, and looking at the research, you know, they, they, as you said, the, the people who participated, um, they all ate the same things, but there were different outcomes, you know, different measurements exactly. for, for each one. So you, we could have sushi yeah. and we would react differently. Sure. So it could make you okay, you feel great, you feel wonderful, and I would feel, could feel sick. Yeah. So in the absence of being able to turn to a dietitian, for instance, for these tools, and even what Harold was suggesting earlier, what can we look to in our bodies that would suggest what is good for you and what is not? Mm. One really interesting way of figuring out what works for you and what doesn't work for you is your heart rate. So if you eat something and your heart rate spikes, it's probably not that good for you. Your mm. body's responding to it as if it were an allergen or it's, it's creating too much of a response. It's not necessarily your metabolism increasing. That's one way of figuring things out. But I, I would say if you don't have access to a dietitian or this kind of information, is start with what your grandparents would eat. Start with <laughs> what is, you know, as natural as possible that doesn't come prepackaged. And also start to figure out what makes you feel good, which mm-hmm. doesn't bloat you, what doesn't give you a headache, what doesn't make you swell up the next day. We've also disconnected from what gives us energy. So what we do is we drink caffeine, we eat sugar to give us energy, but that's not energy. Well, that's I, adrenal. That's adrenaline. We I want to actually take this call from Frank because that's uh, some of what he's talking about. Um, Frank, good afternoon. 
Yes, good afternoon, Mary. I can get help. Yes. I am 74 years old. I was strong as an ox, never sick. I never ate sweet as a child. I hated sugar. When at 75, at 72, I start getting bubbles in the stomach and in the chest. To such an extent, I couldn't lay down and I would choke. I was sitting up for a year and get an hour's sleep. Nothing what the doctors gave me could help. Mm. By accident, I ate 30 grams of sweets. And the bubbles were gone. I can lay down and my body is recovering. You feel much better. And this, with, this is with the help I'm of sugar. Yes. Yes. Mm. I, every night, I have to take 30 grams of sweets. And then I can sleep. I can lie down. Mm. And I've got absolutely no trouble. Oh, Nikki, that's absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, usually m- mucus or something that's going to create bubbles is a response to an, an allergen, for instance. So it could be upsticks, upset stomach acid. It could be that you're exposed to uh, chronic um, use of antibiotics and the gut mucosa goes haywire or the bacteria, bacteria in the gut becomes imbalanced. Yeah. So... Maybe, and I don't know because I don't know. I don't know his history, but certain bacteria need sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, certain bacteria thrive on sugar, but then it could also co- cause an overgrowth. So I don't know what he was suffering from. It's hard to say, but it's really interesting that finding something like sugar can give. I mean, if you, if it helps you sleep, by all means, <laughs> do it. You know, it's 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 fascinating that it's it's um, yeah, yeah love, that you got relief from something sure. that we are told to stay away from. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I wanted to ask him if uh, this came through doctor's recommendation, but he said by accident. That's how he, that's how mm. it all happened. Now, this microbiome mm. and the foods that we eat. You said that some foods eliminate the good bacteria. Yes. So it is. You know, there's about 150 trillion bacteria in the gut, and those. Bacteria help break down food. They help get the nutrition out of the food we're eating into our cells. Now, what happens is you can also get fungi. You can get candida. Those are also bacteria. Now, what we're looking for is a balance. Mm-hmm. You don't want an overgrowth of the bad guys. You want an abundance of the good guys because that's what helps keep you keep you in balance. Yes. Now, what happens is it comes from, it goes as far down as the soil that our food is planted in. Now, when you start messing with the soil, you start messing with the microbiome oh, in the gut. That's why we feel so helpless because the chain just runs so deep. It runs so deep. And you try your best and you buy fresh vegetables, but you, the pesticides, mm. the hormones, you know, the antibiotics that we're exposed to, you can try really hard, but you're still on the back foot. So it is, it is a challenge. It is really a challenge. But the good news is, I mean, if food is getting more expensive, growing your own makes mm-hmm. so much sense. And then you've got control. Yes, you can vouch for that soil. You know, and if you eat a few bugs in the process, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it, your gut doesn't mind. You can probably do it a whole lot of good. But to get that microbiome in balance, you need to do things like probiotics, like naturally fermented foods, yogurt, sauerkraut. Um, there's mm-hmm. a host of things you can do. Something as simple as bone broth, which is boiling healthy bones, bones from healthy animals with vegetables. This is soup. But you boil the bones for 48 hours to get all the minerals and vitamins and all the good stuff, the calcium out of those bones. And you drink that and that feeds the microbiome. Eat the way our grandparents used to Exactly, exactly. You know, our grandparents in those days didn't die from diabetes or cancer. They might have passed away from pneumonia or flu because... 
they were, antibiotics weren't as available mm-hmm. as they were mm-hmm. as they are today. Mm-hmm. But they they died from almost natural causes. Where today we're not dying from natural causes. We create we're dying from things that we've done to ourselves. Yes, but not even knowing we've done them. Yeah, that's so scary. Now, Niki, I want to share some SMSs with you. Zukiswa has a question. Um, she says, "What do you think of juicing vegetables and fruits as a main meal?" She says, "I think there's a, it's it's incredibly valuable." Okay, but I'd also caution against overdoing it. And this is the reason why. So when you take fruits and vegetables and you're juicing them, you're concentrating them. And it's really, really important. And it's also a really easy way to get those minerals and vitamins in. But you can also overdo it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you have something like... You'd, in a salad, you'd have a handful of spinach, for example, and that's really healthy. And to chew that up and all the, the digestive juices, the enzymes in your saliva break that down and goes through the natural pathways to, to, to digest you know, what you're eating. But if you're juicing, you're going to get enormous amounts of good stuff. And yeah. too much of good stuff can also be not so good. So I'd say juice once, twice a day, absolutely. Don't go crazy with juice fasts and, and these sort of detox diets because you can end up feeling rather grim. Yes. The yes. detox effect can be over the top. Yeah. Headaches initially. Yeah. Um, I've yeah. had, I've heard that kind of feedback. Um, so I think I needed to hear that because I've been on a bit of a juicing. Uh, it's a good thing. Juicing mania lately. But you know, a little bit of caution as well because you're taking in all those pesticides as well with mm-hmm. your juice, unless it's organic vegetables. So you're getting a concentrated amount of yes. other stuff too. Well, we will put uh, Nikki's details up on the website, Charles. He's asked via SMS. Um, and then another one says, uh, my proudest six month was when I dieted and lost 37 kilograms, not by what I ate, but what I didn't eat. I ate loads of veggies and salads, fruits, grilled meat and fish, no sugar, chocolates, no sauces, jams, no rice, no bread. And it went well. No tablets or additives that one come, comes from, from Karen. It really does speak to what you've been advancing. And then Lorraine says, my son has a JRA. He is 19. His inflammation levels ruse. Uh, I think she means to say rise and fall a mm-hmm. lot. What can be the, what could be the reason for that? There are hundreds of reasons why you might be inflammatory. Usually as a nutritionist, we start with the gut and see what's going on in the gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually where it, where inflammation is born from. So I'd look at what he's eating. You need to Minimize your inflammatory foods, your processed foods as a start. Minimize anything artificial mm. um, to bring down inflammation. Best anti-inflammatory is your omega-3 fatty acids. Okay. Not in enormous amounts. Yes. Just, you know, average amounts, a gram a day for a, for a young person. And that goes a long way. It doesn't have to cost a fortune. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And expect to burp some of that a little bit. Yeah. Taste it in the mouth <laughs> a little bit later. Let's go to, is it maize in Santon? Is it Maze? Hello? Oh, I might have the wrong name. What do you think? All right, let's try and get a correction on that quickly. Hi, uh, Moise is what it's supposed to be, but he's gone. He had a question for you. But Nikki, thank you so, so much. Personalized diets, if we can afford to consult with a dietitian, a clinical dietitian, you suggest we do so that we can have a structured eating plan specifically tailored for us. Sure. I think that's your best way to go. And then it's in something for life. You know, it's not mm. just a fad or you get an understanding of what's going on in your body. And you can really... It's so complicated with the family, all of you needing different diets. It shouldn't be that way. I don't believe in <laughs> eat, cooking more than one meal is nonsense. We must all eat the same way. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Nikki, great chatting to you. That was a clinical dietitian, Nikki Robertson. 
Mayday, Mayday. A war's been waged against us. The immune system's a threat. We're getting too weak to fight the infection. Do not surrender. Do not drop your armor. The infection's spreading, sir. Fear not, soldiers. There's a brave hero knocking at our door, and he will bring reinforcement. Captain, look. What is that coming up north? Is it an army? No, it's Septoguard. Now, let us go triumphant! When your body's under attack from infections, leave the fighting to Septoguard, the all-natural defense against infections and flu for the whole family.